Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. We're continuing our discussion with Beatrice Adenodi and today we're going to learn about the difference between managers and bosses and how we should be thinking about human resources. In terms of that accountability, one of the topics that we'd like to talk about was unpacking the blame versus accountability, which I think you've probably covered to a reasonable extent. When we decide that we're going to unpack the blame and be accountable, do we take it on our own shoulders? In management terms, we're looking at a situation where you're a team leader or you're a manager. Do we stand up as the individual and say, okay, I take the blame for the team. I take the the accountability for this thing that's not working. And the royal we, we are going to fix it or I am going to fix it. That's a catch-22. It's really good. So accountability is you take accountability for the part that you play in it. And then the other level of accountability is holding others accountable for the same part they play in it. So you can come up with a solution holistically. So that situation won't come back again. Okay. So the responsibility, let's say we go back to the system thing. And we go back, we can go back to those different things, or even let's say corporate, right? Responsibility is toxic workplace, right? I come in there with an attitude. The boss come in there with an attitude. Everybody has an attitude and they're yelling, right? And you go into this circle and the boss says, you know, I take accountability. I haven't been a great leader due to X, Y, and Z, whatever they say, right? However, I am seeing that this, this, and this has not been up to par. And so then one employee says, you know what? You're right. I take apart accountability for the actions I have. I have not really sat to think about X, Y, and Z. And then each person does that. So what happens is they start to create this circle of people holding themselves, each other accountable. But one person has to do it before it becomes a ripple effect. See, a lot of people, a lot of things that people don't understand is energy. And that like we're highly social beings. We want to be valued. We want to be respected. And we definitely want to be seen. And those are the three things that we don't even have in the workplace. The ones that master it have employees that last forever and they're excited But how many of those companies really exist? Hearing their employees, putting them first before anyone else. So there's so many levels of disrespect. There's so many levels of being devalued and unseen that is actually mirrored so bad within the society, within our, even our work culture, that you know, people are in panic and don't even know how to communicate. And so they go into the technology and say, you know what, I'm just going to do this all day, depending yeah. on what job you have. So they hide in what they see as efficiency or dedication or commitment to the task at hand. We're also talking here, you very, very well described the culture. So creating the right culture for the organization, providing leadership taking accountability yourself and then expecting the team members to do so as well. And then they hold each other accountable. So that will make it a great culture to work in. And as you said, it will attract good employees, it retains them and make it a productive place to work. 
the culture itself is not just a word that we put on our company logo or whatever so with this sort of organization. It's to constantly work at it and make it real and stop this mindless behavior. <laughs> yeah, it's something that we constantly work at. And I feel like leaders are more bosses. Yeah. So when you have a boss, they boss you around. You got to go do this. You got to do that. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Right. But leader takes on a whole nother level. Problem is most of the leaders in the world are actually bosses and Mm -hmm. bosses bossy. And they're more dictatorish. And then the leaders are in it to create minimies. Hopefully my legacy will be obtained if I lead this group. Mm. There is no legacy within a group of human beings that are in the same workplace trying to basically move towards a common goal to make the company thrive and successful. There Mm. is none of that. You see, this is another smoky mirror. We don't know the difference between leadership or bosses or managers. Are we using the wrong terminology? Do we need to rethink completely and, and base it on the fact that we're using human resources and make some of the terms that we apply to roles within an organisation less descriptive in terms of how we expect a behaviour pattern to emerge? You're correct. I mean, you said human resources. They should, have called, they should call it transactional resources. There is nothing human about the resources they're providing. There are people putting the human in there, but how many are them really? It's just almost like you sit in an interview and they're like, oh, check, qualification, check, check. Okay, well, they seem okay in an interview, but they do have a great qualification. Even if you you don't even vibe (laughs) with the candidate, just because they have the grade on paper, you are mm. hired them. That's transactions. It is, and and that's the basis of a, a lot of the selection criteria. So if we look at that, then, and so we we've got someone listening who has decided, okay, this is resonating with me. I'm going to make a big change. Yeah. How then do they select the team to work with them? From an HR perspective, let me step back for a second yeah. before I answer <laughs> this question. Business and personal are one and the same. There are two sides to one coin. Okay. They're very interlinked. They're very highly interchangeable. And we go in and out of it on a regular basis. It is mind boggling how we can call something a human resources if being human is extremely personal. So now to answer your question, (laughs) the paper is one thing, but who is that real person behind the human? So you can tell me about this job, but I would not be asking, we know the job description. Why will I retell you the story about what the job is and you regurgitate my credentials if that is only half of what I am? Well, not even half. That, that's just what you've done. Yeah, that, that's the pattern that's what that you've you followed. Done. That's the yeah. pattern you followed to get to this point. So if I really so think about just... it, why not have a casual conversation with them? Yeah. Start to understand them from a human perspective. And that really is the only way you're going to, to introduce change in an organisation is to start actually recognising the human element, but recognising it not just in terms of that selection process, but across the board. So that once you've got, you've decided that that's the way you're going to bring people into your organisation, 
that the organization has to be able to work with that with those choices definitely that's the reason why the hr field is very foreign to me because i don't understand what's anything (laughs) what is the r in it what is the h means in the r because the h does not live up to the hr live up to it at all i can make my confession here is that having spent many years in hr we always used to say that the, the people that we were working with would choose someone who was exactly like them or someone who was no threat. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. There's no threat. And, like, everybody wants to keep their job, but nobody wants to have somebody take their job from them, right? That's a boss. That's not a leader. I totally agree with you about the terminology. I really think that we have to be clear that we're not selecting bosses and we're not selecting leaders because that comes down to the same thing these days in terms of their behaviour patterns and that we have to start thinking a bit more human. And we have the opportunity to do that. It's just no one's been brave enough to say, okay, I'm not going to follow the normal selection process. I'm going to do it this way. And that's correct. I was talking to a group, a team that I work with. I said, we need to even rethink what labour is. Every ounce of the workforce needs to be rethought. There's another way of doing it, but I think that there's more of a human way because you're dealing with humans. <laughs> Tell me a bit more about that, what you just said about the whole labor force, sort of thinking about that. I think that labor is a way of wearing the human body down. Mm-hmm. And I think as we age, we rear and we wear down. So there's so many different aspects of life that wear us down. And it just so happens to be that work is the number one thing that wear people down or even money and finances, right? This force of working 40 hours a week or even beyond that, can we even retain or even be that productive for that extended period of time to even hold our focus? Mm-hmm. I mean, last week I was just like, you know how you just hear statistics and you're like, that shocks you and you just, I cannot believe it. I haven't researched it all the way, but over 2 million people around the world die from overwork. That's crazy. Totally preventable. Yes. It's a preventable aspect, right? Prevention is not taught in school. (laughs) Self-care people, that's this rise of self-care or vacation. Oh, let me go self-care and take a vacation, vacate, vacate. So you vacate your life, it's a form of escapism. Mm. So what's happening is that you can't fix your life in there that you have to vacate, to Mm. re-go outside of yourself, to regenerate, so you can mentally come back to basically do the same thing again. What fascinates me (laughs) in this whole conversation is that you think so very differently about words that we use really commonly. What brought you to this point? What... (laughs) How did you get there? (laughs) Oh, my God. I've always been a wordsmith. Mm -hmm. But what I noticed is that people don't understand these complicated words. Mm. Like, that's the reason why I didn't go to school for psychology, because they start using these words that you're like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means. So what I realized is that the more and me being in marketing for 20 years, The more simpler the words is, the better, right? So Mm. what I do is use words that we regularly use on a regular basis or people everybody universally know and put them 
in context that describe what I'm trying to say. That's fabulous. It makes the message so much clearer because people are already recognizing and putting their own interpretation on what you're saying. And then you're challenging them by saying, but think about it this way, you know, just take a step sideways almost, not not the 360 or the mm. 180, but just take a step sideways. Think about it from this perspective. And I know that just in the, the time that we've had this morning, it's been that way for me. It's like, yeah, I understand what human resources is. Oh, whoops. I haven't been thinking about it like that. Whoa, whoa, 40 years and I've been thinking the wrong way. Ah. <laughs> so, so we can all relate to it. And I think that's the, the beauty of it and the, the attraction of it. We're going to give you some time to think about those issues that have been raised today by Beatrice. Join us for part three of our discussion. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.